Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, what it do? Welcome to episode 52 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. This is the Get the Fight Podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. We have a great show for you today. Today, I'll be breaking down UFC Fight Night Denver, Dazzin's Matchroom Boxing Card this weekend, headlined by Tony Bello and possibly his last fight in boxing. And much more. But before we get all of that, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We're currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Purchase merch today. Boom. Welcome, guys, to the Fight Podcast. It is a beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning here in Chicago. Um, a lot's going on. Um, I haven't been able to talk to you guys since we've all voted. Hopefully, so I hope you guys did your due diligence and, uh, and voted this week. Super important. So we're glad that that happened. And uh, man, crazy week in MMA once again. Um, crazy fights coming up this weekend. We have UFC Fight Night in Denver this weekend. It's UFC's 25th anniversary show. And I'm not going to lie, man, this card, especially for Fight Night, where Fight Nights have been, I can't lie, man, they've been lacking over the last uh, little bit. But this Fight Night card is stacked. I'll break that that fight card down as well. Dazen has an awesome card this weekend, as always. Um, they actually have uh, Tony Bello, uh, the cruiserweight, former cruiserweight champion. Absolute monster. He went ahead and retired David Haig. Uh, for those of us who do not know who Tony Bello is, if you've watched Creed, you know, Creed, the one starred by uh, Michael B. Jordan, Ryan Kluger directed it. He was, uh, was it Pretty Boy, Pretty Ricky, who was the the guy who ended up boxing uh, Michael B. Jordan at the end of the championship of that movie. So, uh, dude is an absolute monster. If you've never had an opportunity to check him out, he's legit, man. So that's gonna be this weekend on the Dazen app, and I'll go ahead or Dazon app, and I'll go ahead and break that down. Oh, uh, but aside from that, man, things are beautiful. Things are beautiful, and um, with all of that being said. Oh, man, before I forget, if you haven't checked it, checked it out already, 
This past week, we had an amazing interview with Mike The Truth Jackson. Uh, Mike Jackson, um, UFC fighter. We probably know him from beating the hell out of CM Punk uh, not too long ago when people pissed off at him for for not being as merciful and uh, taking him out right away. So people are all bent out of shape about that. But we had an amazing convo, man. Uh, And I don't even want to say interview anymore. A lot of these times I'm having a conversation. I'm not even really asking like a set list of questions. I'm generally going based upon, you know, my conversation and questions that I generally have while I'm actually listening to these guys, man. So and uh, whomever else I have on. So great interview with him. We talked about Derek, the Black Beast Lewis as one of his buddies and his teammate. We spoke about fighter pay. We spoke about Conor McGregor. We spoke about Floyd Mayweather. We spoke about so much. And um um, and again, it was a great interview, man. So a conversation. So get a chance. Check out episode 51 of the fight podcast. But uh, with that being said, let's go ahead on and jump into this week's fight news. So fight news of the week. We're going to go ahead and start where at the end of last week, and I wasn't even able to talk about it yet because the news changed so quick. Floyd Money Mayweather confirmed to go ahead and fight. Actually, I did. I talked about it Sunday a little bit, but he confirmed to fight in Rising Championship against one of their up-and-coming um, prospects, one of the nastiest kickboxers you will see against Tachin himself. So here's the crazy thing about it. Not even 48 hours later, first and foremost, when the fight was announced we saw pictures of Floyd up there um standing with the Ryzen banners behind him the Ryzen slash TMT banners behind them watching Floyd face off with his possible opponent man I was confused I didn't know or if it was real man it, it really felt like it was fake so watching that And then 48 hours later, Floyd Mayweather gets on IG and pretty much says, nah, man, it's fake news. We weren't supposed to fight. I'm not fighting fights canceled. So let me go ahead and read what Floyd Money Mayweather had to say. So on his IG, he says, now that I'm back on U.S. soil after a long and disappointing trip to Tokyo, I now have the time to address you, my fans, and the media in regards to the upcoming event on December 31st that I was announced. First and foremost, I want to be clear that I, Floyd Mayweather, never agreed to an official bout with Tashin Nasukawa. In fact, with all due respect, I have never heard of him until this recent trip to Japan. Ultimately, I was asked to participate in a nine-minute exhibition of three rounds with an opponent selected by Rising Fighting Federation. What I was originally informed of by Brett Johnson of One Entertainment was this was supposed to be an exhibition put on for small groups of wealthy spectators for a very large sum. This exhibition was previously arranged as a quote-unquote special bout, purely for the entertainment purposes, with no intentions of being represented as an official fight card nor televised worldwide. Once I arrived at the press conference, my team and I were completely derailed by the new direction of this event. 
was going and we should have put a stop to it immediately. I want to sincerely apologize to all of my fans for the very misleading information that was announced during the press conference. And I could assure you that I was completely blindsided by the arrangements that were being made without my consent nor approval. For the sake of several fans and the attendees that flew in from all parts of the world to attend this press conference, I was hesitant to create a huge disturbance by combating with what was being said for that I am truly sorry. I'm a retired boxer that earns an unprecedented amount of money globally for appearances, speaking engagements, and occasional small exhibitions. End quote. All right. That is from, I'm going to assume a representative of Floyd Mayweather because I know he didn't write that. Now, (laughs) <laughs> All jokes aside and cracking on Floyd, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I think this is total BS. I think this was supposed to be a fight. I think Floyd was on his way home in a PJ. He got on, flipped the laptop open, said, let me go ahead and check out this kid's highlights. Let me see who he is. This little dude I'm going to beat up. I think he saw his highlights and realized, oh, he doesn't play around. This kid's legit. And for all those who are going to hit me up and say, oh, Serge, you're crazy. Floyd's the greatest of all time. Blah, 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 blah. The fact that he pulled out of this fight, I've said it once, I've said it again about champions and stuff. Yo, this is weak. Total weakness by Floyd Mayweather. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. There is no way that he did not know that this was supposed to be a real fight. TMT was co-promoting this event. This event was supposed to take place New Year's Eve. Ryzen does a huge New Year's Eve show every year. Tashin Nasagawa also is a prize fighter. He is a prize fighter at the upper echelon. He's not doing exhibition matches. Just for fun. And honestly, if you look at the way he went ahead and essentially talked about it on social media, responded to Conor McGregor, who, by the way, we're going to go ahead and get into really quick. So give me a second. I'll double back to that in a moment. But let's be honest. Let's look at this. Nasugawa said, I'm going to go out there to win this fight. In his mind, in his heart, it was a fight. Now, this is my issue with Floyd Mayweather. He has called out Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov, now Tachin Nasagawa. Do any of those guys box for a living? No, don't worry, I'll wait. They don't. Two MMA fighters, one kickboxer. And for those of us who do not understand the nuances of kickboxing, it is a far different sport. Not only are you 
kicking, the actual fight distance is different. There's more things that you have to actually pay attention to. I have to pay attention to hands, elbows, knees, kicks. It's not just hands. And the biggest difference, aside from all of the strikes, is the distance that the fight is fought at. When you're actually sitting there and actually fighting in boxing, you're in a phone booth. You are an arm's length away, if not closer to your opponent. In MMA and kickboxing, you are much farther away because you have to pretty much make up that difference for the kicks. The in and out movement, the grappling, the strike. So there's so much more that goes into MMA as well as kickboxing. Now, I'm not dissing boxing. I love the sweet science. What those men and women can do in that squared circle, I love it. And I can't wait to talk about Tony Bello in a little bit. But the fact that Conor, not that Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather is calling out all these guys when in his own weight class, in his own sport, there are guys out there that are willing to challenge him. Comes to mind, Errol Spence Jr. Someone who people have said when they sparred, beat Floyd up. And that's before he even turned pro. Terrence Crawford also comes to mind. He's in his prime. He's arguably the number one pound for pound boxer in the world. So we have just off the bat two challenges right there in his weight class that can solidify his legacy and he can get huge paydays. You mean to tell me you believe that Tetsin Nasagawa is going to pay Floyd Mayweather more than a fight with Terrence Crawford would? F out of here, man. Come on. Really? I truly believe that Floyd Mayweather, I have, I mean, it, it, this has to be ego. He wants to stay in the public eye. He, he, he craves that, uh, the, that spotlight. But I'm going to be honest with you, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. I don't want to hear a peep out of Floyd Mayweather. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Yes, if it's news, it pops up. I will 100% talk about it. But as a fan, I want to hear Jack from Conor, from Floyd Mayweather ever again, unless it's in terms of two, one of two things. One, he's fighting a legitimate boxer who actually boxes and has boxed for a living. Not an MMA fighter, not a predominantly a grappler, not a kickboxer who's 20 pounds less than any weight he's ever fought at. And the other second thing would be if he's promoting a fight, promoting one of his fighters, Javante Davis, any of those guys. Roly, you know what I'm saying? The young brothers like that, I'm down. I'm with them on that. I want to hear him pub his guys. I love that. But I'm be honest with you, if it is not that, yo, man, you can go lay down somewhere. All right. So that that's how I felt about Floyd. 
and in his tomfoolery. But the other one I want to bring up is the other narcissistic clown that has to deal with combat sports right now. And look, I respect the hell out of Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor's skill sets. I do. And I also respect their business acumen. It's uncanny, man. Floyd Mayweather, I mean, should say Conor McGregor going out there, purchasing a whiskey brand, throwing his name on it, and pumping it and utilizing his persona and everything to continue establishing wealth for his family. Man, get your money, playboy. I love that. I love it. But everything else, yo, go kick rocks, man. So this is something that after this, right? And we, here's the thing. We already know Conor McGregor has nothing to do. This, those chapters are done. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, they shouldn't even be discussing things. But the fact that McGregor goes out there and posts on his own IG about this possible Tachi Nasagawa and Floyd Mayweather fight, he says... Is that a tracksuit or a sauna suit, Floyd? Ha ha, WTF. Is it hot in Tokyo or what's the story here? That climate chain is no fucking joke. Me, ha ha. Or should I say, that climate chain is no joke. Fuck me, ha ha, my bad. Um, What the fuck is going on here? Who's a little prick next to you? That's mad shit. Like something out of Rush Hour 5 or something. Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan fucking back in this bitch. Fucking brilliant. Mad little bastard you are, Floyd. Fair fucks you made. No lie. Fuck it. Fam, we have to take this dude. He's, he's out there on some Donald Trump. You have to take his phone away. We have to understand what Conor McGregor has consistently done. And I'm not going to lie to you. I have defended Conor. Especially when it comes to some of the rhetoric that he speaks do you remember when he was saying when he fought against Floyd Mayweather, he continued calling him boy, boy, boy. One thing that I said, I told people, I was like, oh, it's a different part of the world because people were saying, hey, man, Connor's racist. Keeps on saying racist rhetoric, uh, you know, uh, rhetoric. Nah, man, different part of the world. That's not like that. It's not like that. I was trying to pretty much hold the flag for MMA. I was trying to like hold it strong. Like, no, no, no. Our biggest selling superstar isn't a racist ass. I wasn't trying to go that route. But reading this, I mean, bro, this isn't funny. This is classless. A black guy and an Asian guy. And all of a sudden you're going to just start calling him, calling an Asian man, Jackie Chan. First of all, dude, that's not a funny joke, man. And we have to nip this in the butt. And I don't want to say, oh, man, you know, it's all joke, surge, be easy, blah, blah, blah. I get it, man. I, yes, I, I understand jokes. But when you are a multiple time offender, then I don't find it funny. Now I'm starting to question you. And I think people really need to take precedent on what's actually happening. Calling Connor, calling Floyd Mayweather boy, calling Asian man Jackie Chan, you know what I'm saying, and 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 you know whatever this all stuff, yo going out there calling him a little prick, all kind of hey, who is this guy? Like yo, how why are you so disrespectful to people? And it, let's be honest, Conor McGregor 
You need to get the F out of here as well. Conor McGregor has lost three out of his last four matches. The only thing he has at this point in time is his mouth. And for me, the way I say it's just for me personally. I don't like hearing if you're not performing. I don't want to hear your mouth, man. You lost your last fight. Not only did you lose your last fight, you got destroyed in your last fight. I've watched it again. In fact, it's just it's on Fight Pass again. Go ahead if you haven't had an opportunity, watch the match again. It's not close. Everyone's like, oh, the third round, he could have done it. No, he couldn't have. Those two fight a hundred times. Khabib wins probably 99 of them. If not a hundred. It's no slight on Connor and his skill set. Khabib is just that good. So I personally don't like this rhetoric, man. Remember all the racist things that he said against Khabib as well. All the things about his country, all the things about his upbringing. There is a line selling a fight. Talking trash and being racist. Connor's not even towing that line anymore. He's just on the ladder. All right. So that that's all the, the time and energy I'm going to give to those, those clowns um, because there's so much uh, more going on. And uh, last thing I will say, uh, other bit of fight news, uh, eight fighters are facing discipline from the Nevada State Athletic Commission for the UFC 229's post-fight melee. So just to name those athletes that have actually been and are going to be a part of that. So obviously, Conor McGregor and Khabib are pretty much also getting uh, reprimanded for that. Dylan Dennis, Zubira uh, Turkov. I'm sorry. I know I'm butchering their names. I will get better at them. Uh, Akbara Nakamedov, uh, Reznovan Magomedov, and Esuda Emir uh, Jev. Um, all of them are going to get temporary. It seems like short suspensions. Um, so I will keep you posted on what is happening there as well. Uh, look, I can't stop, man. I'm really looking forward to uh, just to get those guys back in. I don't even think any of them should be suspended. So it's whatever. All right. This weekend's card, Donna Cerrone is uh, competing against, um, I was going to say his former teammate but not really he's competing as mike perry and uh they have a lot of beef if you haven't paid attention to it it seems as if mike winkle john the striking coach of jackson wink essentially chose sides against down Cerrone and and um and mike perry mike perry is the up-and-coming young aggressive hungry fighter coming into the new gym Donald Ryan is the old grizzled vet that's been there since the beginning. At first, a lot of us probably didn't care. But I want to give you a little bit of background if you don't know already. Mike Winklejohn has done this before with fighters of his own team. Serge, what did he do this before? A couple years ago. John Jones, a young John Jones prior to him receiving a belt. 
moved from New York to Jackson Wink with John, where Rashad Evans was the number one contender of the 205 pound division, getting prepared for a possible title shot. John Jones came there. They established a friendship and a relationship. And then when it was time for them to fight each other or possibly fight each other, Mike Winklejohn chose the younger fighter and essentially started talking trash, pushed out the other fighter, the older guy, and said he was never really part of the team anyways. This is the second time that I can remember Mike Winklejohn has said those things. I think there's a problem over at Jackson Wink. When MMA was really rocking when it first started, when I could first really remember in the early 2000s, Jackson Wink was the premier gym in MMA. George St. Pierre, Carlos Condit, Rashad Evans, Cowboy Cerrone, just to name a few. So many incredible Diego Sanchez. So many incredible people ended up going out there and doing their thing, coming from that gym. But you started seeing a lot of discontent, a lot of the older guys falling off, a lot of different things happening in that regard. So it made me think, what's really going on over there? Now, Donald Cerrone has been pushed out. He says he still loves Greg Jackson. He says his issues with Mike Winkwajan. Um, so he still says a lot of beef. The fight is personal to him. Um, because of Winkle John, and honestly, he says he has nothing against Mike Perry, even though Mike Perry is selling the fight. He's talking trash. He's doing a lot of different things that people are saying is disrespectful. But myself and Cowboy Cerrone and others included are saying, man, he, Perry's selling a fight. He's a fun dude. That's what he's, do- he's doing. The issue is Mike Winkle John. So how do I feel about this? Fighters are going to start taking notice. And if I'm noticing it sitting all the way over here in Chicago, fighters that are in that gym are starting to notice that as well. I'm curious to see what's going to happen, man. So, all right, moving on to the next one. And this is one of the biggest pieces of news of the day, the year, the whatever. The UFC is closing down their uh, their flyweight division. So I'm going to read this. It was first recorded by Flow Combat. Flow Combat said, breaking news. We are hearing that the UFC's men's flyweight division is 100% being devolved, likely done by the end of 2018. The kicker, not all flyweights are being asked to move up to Bantamweight. They're just being cut. Unreal will update you as soon as we receive more info. Wow. This is a travesty, man. Seriously. Why would the UFC do this? The fact that they are cutting up and coming and if you haven't had an opportunity to check it out already, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I don't want to hear your mouth when you're sitting there saying something about the, uh, oh, the flyweights. They don't, they, they're, it's like, uh, they don't make money. No one wants to watch that. Nobody wants to watch that because the UFC doesn't advertise that. That is by far the most technical, the most exciting division in the world. It's so exciting. 
Is there a wealth of talent? There could be. But we don't know because we don't advertise it. Nobody knows. The only thing we knew was Demetrius Johnson. And everybody, all they want to talk about is pay-per-view points. Oh, he does. He, he can't sell him. We, you know, he doesn't have, you know, pay-per-view points or whatever that nonsense is. And let's be honest. It's not those fighters' jobs to sell pay-per-views. It is the promoter's job to promote the fight. Hence the name promoter. So, all of a sudden, they are out here cutting Cutting incredible athletes. And it seems as if one of the athletes that was cut was one of my favorites. The first casualty in all of this is former Fight Podcast interview, former prospect alert, my dude, Jose Shorty Torres. Yo, this breaks my heart, man. Um, check this out. He put out on his IG post or Twitter, I'm the first to be let go. I didn't get to finish my UFC contract with two fights left because they are cutting most of my division. And not giving some of us a chance to bump up to prove ourselves like myself. So now it's time to move on to bigger and better things. Good luck, small guys. So check this out. So UFC, we signed a multiple weight champion from Titan FC. Titan FC, one of the premier regional organizations in the country slash world. Shorty Torres was the 125 pound and the 135 pound champion. He's one of the brightest, smaller weight prospects the sport has. And fans were campaigning specifically for him to get signed. Specifically. He has two fights in the UFC this year. Both extremely exciting. He goes one and one. Both by way of knockout. And they cut him instead of letting him bump up to 135 pounds? What? I don't see the rationale behind this. And I think this continues going in line of what I was saying. And now, Mike Jackson, Mike the Truth, who was on the show yesterday, feels a little bit differently than I do about this. But this is why, in my estimation, the UFC, especially in terms of fighters, is losing their luster. If I'm an up-and-coming prospect, I'd look at that and say, look, man, that's a machine. They're going to chew you up and they're going to spit you out. What they are doing to fighters currently in the UFC is a travesty. The fact that they've lost, they've pretty much cut this division specifically because one man left is ridiculous. Now, check this nonsense out. And and I don't know if you guys are going to get a kick out of it or what. And I know I said I didn't feel like talking about this dude anymore. But, hey man, he's the biggest sports star. He's the biggest star in the sport. So, Conor McGregor goes online and says, you must now take all the 125 powder, the pounders that you've been let go. 
Chitari, that is the owner of 1FC. You talk all this martial arts respect talk, yet your greed has directly cost more than half of fighting. I'm sorry about that. Directly cost more than half of fighting division its chance to earn an income for their family. Have respect. Sign the division. Conor McGregor. Get the F out of here. Are you serious? He acts like Shatari is the one. Shatari, the CEO and owner of 1FC. He acts like he's the one who cut those guys who are under contract with the UFC. Shatari did what he was supposed to do. He signed the greatest combat sports athlete the world has ever seen in Demetrius Johnson. He did his job. Dana White and the UFC were the ones who chose to dismiss and dismantle that division. Conor McGregor, man, stop getting your Donald Trump on and trying to go ahead and distract the UFC's base, man. And fans, because people see that and they're going to, especially Conor's fans, oh my God, it, it's like a cult. This is not on one. This is on Dana White and the UFC. Do not be distracted by anything else. And it is so disappointing for McGregor to do this. Now, some of us can sit there and say, yo, Serge, I mean, he's a UFC employee. He has stake in the UFC. You're right. He does. And that's probably why he said it. But what I'm telling saying is that I don't care what Conor McGregor has to say anymore. You've lost three out of your last four fights and you need to win a fight again before I want to hear anything you have to say. So it's disappointing to see what's going to end up happening with that. Um, I hope that those fighters that are cut do land somewhere, whether it be with one, whether it be with Bellator, whether it be with the PFL or the litany of other places. So I truly hope that that happens for the fighters sakes. Make sure these people get their cash, get their money. It's important, man. All right. So let's see about any more fight news, man. I just want to go ahead and go through the little Rolodex uh, and see what we have. They just dropped a Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz promo. Man, I'm telling you, that feels like something straight out of 2003. <laughs> um. I'm sure that that event that's happening later on this month is going to sell extremely well. It's on pay-per-view. It is also, you know, it is a, a Golden Boy, Golden Boy Promotions first MMA event. And honestly, I have no idea who else is on that card because they sure haven't publicized it. But um, we will see what ends up happening there. But um, I will keep you posted. All right. Um, last thing. Speaking of one FC or one championship. The UFC legend, women's MMA legend, Misha Tate, is moving to Singapore, moving her and her family and her new baby to Singapore to become the vice president at one championship. It was just announced. Congratulations to Misha Tate, one of the best people in MMA, one of the smartest people. If you're going to have an opportunity, actually watch her post-fight analysis when she was working for the UFC at the desk. Yo, it was dope. She did a great job. She really did. She was able to like really break things down. Now, commentary, like post-fight, mm, not so much. But when she was actually on the desk 
much respect and much respect what she has done as an athlete throughout her career. So congratulations to her and everything that's going on. All right. Um, really quick. And I know I keep on throwing a whole bunch of things, but I'm literally getting news as it's happening. Um, Shorty Torres, uh, the first casualty in all of the cuts by the UFC, um, actually released a statement and this is what he had to say on instagram earlier today slow combat publicly announced it they're 100 right the flyweight division is going uh i did kind of call it uh sadly because i called it and because i was publicly talking about it first um i probably was because of that first in the chopping block so sadly i am not a ufc fighter anymore i am a free so agent trash. You know, it's part of the sport. This stuff happens, and just, again, sadly, um, we didn't pick up enough fan base for the UFC. I appreciate every opportunity I was given. Sadly, again, 29 days, two fights, 54 pounds to prepare for my last two opponents, given my last fight wasn't the best, and I won my first one by a lucky knockout, so I was on the chop block uh, because of it. So... Who wants to sign me? I'm looking for a fight. <laughs> but until then, I'm doing my thing moving forward. And again, flyweights that are not moving up to Bantamweight are not getting allowed like myself. Keep doing your thing, head up. And let's see where the world takes us from there. We got to put on a show. Boom. So, so That's, uh, that was uh, Jose Shorty Torres. Um, yo, man, salute to that guy. I, I really think it's a huge mistake. Speaking of the flyweight division, um, uh, Joseph Benavidez's opponent for this upcoming weekend has just pulled out. So I will go ahead and tell you how that's going up in the upcoming fight breakdowns today. So, um, with that being said, man, that is today's fight news. And, uh, you know how it goes each and every week. I will go ahead and break down fight news. The top fight news in boxing as well as, um, MMA in the rest of the combat sports world. All right, moving right along. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Uh, apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. And remember, uh, follow the Fight Podcast as well as Sage Eats on all social media platforms at Sage Chicago at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. All right, this weekend, UFC Fight Night Denver uh, is happening. This card, I'm not going to lie, is stacked. And it is headlined by the Korean Zombie versus Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez hasn't fought in almost two full years, making his comeback against someone who's actually had even longer time off korean zombie also been out for a long period of time with military obligations as well as injuries but the korean zombie is officially back to fight your rodriguez in the main event this card is stacked but i'm gonna go ahead and start off with the main event all right the main event is chan sung jung out of korea the korean zombie the number 10 ranked featherweight in the world with a record of 14 and 4 he's fighting against yair rodriguez el pantera the number 15th ranked featherweight in the world with a record of 11 and 2 all right this fight should be really really interesting man both men are extremely talented 
Both men are dynamic in what they do. If you look at Yair, Yair is a much more kick-centric fighter. He throws a lot of flashy kicks. He He's not afraid to make a mistake. He dives on submissions. He is an all-around great mixed martial artist who has a lot of potential and extremely fun to watch. One of the biggest prospects um, and up-and-coming fun fighters to watch. On the other foot, we have the Korean Zombie, who, if didn't have to take almost four years off, might have been champion already. If it wasn't for an injury, he was doing extremely well against Jose Aldo when Jose Aldo was at his peak. So just to tell you a little bit about Chin Sung Jung and the talent that this man has. His last fight after four years off, he fought the on fire Dennis Bermudez who was vying for a title shot at the time. He absolutely starched dude and beat dude in the first round. Chin Sung Jung has power in both hands, knees, feet, and elbows. Feet. <laughs> feet and elbows. And he does an amazing job of setting traps for his opponent. He'll lull you to sleep. But he'll set traps to not only beat you standing, he's amazing on the ground. He actually went ahead and actually finished. It was the first twister finish, submission finish in the UFC. He actually did that against, um, oh man, Don Cerrone's boy, uh, Leonard Garcia. He did it against Leonard Garcia way back in the day. Really, really entertaining fighter, man. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Looking at, uh, and let me just pull up their, both of their stats really, really quick. Punches landed per minute. Both men are pretty much equal. Accuracy, pretty much equal. Deep, everything's pretty much equal. Uh, takedowns, yo, these two are so well matched. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going with Chin Sung Jung. I think Ching, uh, uh, Chin Sung, Chan Sung Jung is more dynamic. I think his fundamentals, grappling-wise specifically, and we've seen Yair has a lot of trouble with grappling. So looking at that, I 100% believe Chin Sung Jung is going to go ahead and win this fight. I'm going to say third round finish. All right. Now, the next fight, co-main event. It's great, man. Coleman event has so much on the line. Donald Cowboy Cerrone is fighting against Mike Perry. We talked about this a little earlier. We talked about the drama and the beef and everything that goes inside with what's going on with Donald Cerrone and Mike Winklejohn, the striking coach for Greg Jackson and Team Jacksons. Donald Cerrone is the 12th ranked, 12th ranked welterweight in the world. Mike Perry is unranked at the time. Mike Perry's record is 12 and 3. Donald's 33 and 11. Mike Perry at this point in time is the favorite in this match. And yo, Mike Perry looked amazing in his first fight with Greg Jackson in, in, in that camp. He looked dynamic. He did not look as reckless as he has in the past. Mike Perry's one of those guys with nasty power, crazy power. If he lands, he tends to put people out. But his Achilles heel was people with technique. Because all that would happen was those guys with technique would stay on the outside, wait for him to get tired, or catch him on the counter. 
he seemed to have shored up those holes a bit against Donald Cerrone. Or should I say against uh, Felder, Paul Felder in his last outing when he won. Now, Paul Felder is a naturally smaller guy, but still, he's a big uh, lightweight, even though he did come up and take that fight on short notice. He's a big lightweight, but he walks around at like my size. He's like 185, 190 pounds. That's a big, that's a lot of cut. So um, another perfect candidate for that 165 pound division, by the way. Donald Conopers Roney, legend in the game. We all know what he's good at. Great off his back with his submissions. Amazing with his kickboxing. He falls into trouble when fighters end up not being buddy-buddy with him. If fighters are cold towards him and don't allow Donald Cerrone to to get in his bag and feel friendly and free, he gets into his own head and it's a detriment to him as a fighter. And we've seen that consistently. I can't lie. I'm a little biased on this match. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm picking Donald Cerrone. My head is telling me pick Mike Perry. But I'm picking down Cerrone because of the emotional toll that's currently taking place. A motivated Donald Cerrone is a scary Donald Cerrone. Mike Perry's doing his job. He's selling a fight. He's making fun of Donald Cerrone. He's rapping and he's doing a whole lot of other nonsense. Donald Cerrone seems serious. He seems focused, and he seems in a really, really good shape. He's an older man, but what is Mike Perry's Achilles heel? Technique. Now, Mike Perry has the blessings of having and working with Donald Cerrone's former teammates and coaches for the better part of his career, his entire career, actually. So does he have specific insight? Maybe. But at the end of the day, these are two fighters and they're going to fight. I think it's going to be a brawl. I think it's going to be a burn. And I don't see this going to the judges. Somebody's getting, getting put out, whether it be by submission or knockout. And I think that's going to be Mike Perry. I have Down Cerrone winning this fight. All right. Next fight on the card is going to be a great one. The ladies are up. The former title challenger, Raquel Pennington. Uh, the number four ranked uh, women's bantamweight with a nine and seven record. Oof, that's saucy. Uh, with Jermaine Durandamay. Jermaine Durandamay was the former 145-pound champion in the UFC um, in a very controversial decision against Holly Holm. I had Holly winning that fight, especially because points should have been taken from Durandamay. Um, since that fight, Jermaine Durandamay was supposed to fight against consensus pound for pound greatest female fighter of all time chris cyborg she said nope i'm not fighting her i'm scared and moved back down to 125 pounds now how do i feel this fight is going to go against raquel pennington jermaine durandamay if you don't know durandamay she is a phenomenal kickboxer as tough as raquel pennington is I see Jermaine Duranime being able to do pretty much exactly what Amanda Nunes did to Raquel Pennington as well. So with that being said, I have Duranime in this fight. All right, uh, Benil Dariush is also in his car fighting uh, Tiago Moises. 
Should be a really, really fun fight. Should be a great fight. Man, Tiago Moises um, was almost on the Fight Podcast. We actually are trying to get him uh, about two months ago. We were trying to get him on the show. We're still waiting. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him after this match in the fight. But he's fighting against Benil Dariush. This should be an extremely fun matchup. We'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, Macy Barber, the up-and-coming prospect. She was uh, the Fight Podcast prospect alert a couple of weeks back. Um, In July, she was on the Dana White Contender Series. She is only 20 years old. One of the most well-rounded fighters in the world, man. And she believes that she will win the 150-pound title before she is 23. Keep an eye out for her. I have Macy Barber winning this fight. All right, and last in the main card is Michael Trezano, who's super solid. Um, former competitor also of the uh, tough against Luis Pena, also tough vet. Michael Trezano, the lone wolf, 8-0. Luis Pena, Violet Bob Ross, 5-0. Man, this should be a great fight. Um, just really quick, and this is the perfect fight to lead off the uh, main card. Hmm. Striking landed very accurate. This is interesting, guys. Striking accuracy. Michael Gisano, 59% accuracy. Violent Bob Ross, 34%. Absorb punches per minute exactly the same, about two punches per minute. Landed punches per minute is about the same. Two punches, uh, two punches at a time. So what that tells me is Luis Pena, even though he's not landing at as high of a clip, he's throwing volume. Okay. Um, grappling takedown average um, and takedown accuracy. Crazy violent Bob Ross. Luis Pena has four point two percent. I mean, hundred percent takedown accuracy. He averages four takedowns a fight. So with that being said. I'm going with Violent Bob Ross, man. Luis Pena with this win, and especially because he said he has some Puerto Rican in him. So, uh, salute to that, man. All right. <laughs> all in all, man, um, the fight night in in Denver should be great. Uh, Dana White said he's going to go ahead and put a show on. This is the UFC's 25th anniversary show, man. Um, all the way back in the day, for those of us who don't remember, those of us who remember watching it, I don't remember watching it, obviously, when it happened. But I do remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, for me, it was honestly probably about 99. I ended up getting my first VHS of um, the early UFCs. Used to go to Blockbuster and pick them up, man. I used to walk down the street. That was my thing every uh, Friday. My parents had, uh, we were lucky. I can't stunt, man. It was good. My parents had this, the, the past. And I don't know if you guys all remember this. Blockbuster had this thing. You can take out two at a time. Take out two VHSs at a time. And I used to love it, man. So I used to get my movies for the weekend. And what I would end up doing is after school, I'd walk straight to Blockbuster. I'd pick up usually one UFC uh, VHS and I'd pick up like some wild action movie or something like that. And uh, and that was my weekend, man. So that's what I used to do as a kid. And that's how I got into the MMA and UFC and everything like that. Um, not only that, ESPN back in the day used to play a lot of K1. 
And that's how I got into watching Ernesto Hoost and all those legends over there through K1. So that's a little bit about the kid, but um, I, I used to love that, man. So uh, salute to the UFC for 25 incredible years and really bringing light to the amazing sport of MMA and um, what we have going. But good people, that's my show for the day, man. Um, keep your eyes out. Oh, before I leave, um, this week also, Dazzin. I want to break this down really quick. Um, Tony Bello, the incredible cruiserweight, former cruiserweight champion who recently de- defeated David Haig for the second time. One of the greatest um, uh, cruiserweights of all time is competing um, and he has an opportunity to compete and win against the current unanimous um, cruiserweight champion of the world. It should be from Ukraine. Dude is an incredible monster. That fight is happening Saturday in Manchester. For us, it's probably going to end up hitting early in the morning, so make sure you check that out. It is on the Dyson app. One thing that, um, that Tony has said is that he has said MMA afterwards is possibly in his future he's at dazzin bellator is there bellator is known for taking it a chance on specific people and he has a big enough name that that might end up happening so we'll see what ends up happening in that but aside from that man uh thank you so much for listening to the fight podcast this is episode 51 make sure you go ahead and check out episode uh i'm sorry this is episode 52 Check out episode 51, our great interview we had with Mike, the Truth Jackson. I have another dope interview coming up for you guys this week. So I'll drop that also later on today. And uh, we will have Prospect Alert, Your Turn to Talk, and so much more still to come this week. Uh, salute to everybody. This is the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we're brought to you by Sage Eats, healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. SageEatsChicago.com. Apply a promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Follow the Fight Podcast on all social media networks at the Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Follow Sage Eats at Sage Eats Chicago. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting the show. I will see you next time right here on the Fight Podcast. Peace out.